Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter live. And tonight, you know, um, for every Thursday, what we did for our Crown Rules series is we went over the book Crown Rules 1 and Crown Rules 2. And Crown Rules 3 actually will be in publication real soon. And tonight we have a very, very interesting show. A very show, a show that um, I know I'm very excited about as well, the young ladies. Tonight's show is a glimpse of how black women love the six ladies um, that are our guests tonight were six of the ladies that were interviewed for the book. So it allows myself and the audience to get an early glimpse of who these beautiful six faces are and to know what they're about and, you know, to know everything that you need to know. We ask that if anybody is in the chat um, to ask questions, make them feel very comfortable um, I hope I'm be able to make them feel comfortable being on my platform for the first time. Um, so, good evening, ladies. Good evening. Good evening. All right. Good evening. Everything good? Yeah. So, Miss, let's talk to the author first, Miss Dozier. Yeah. Let's talk about Crown Rules Three: Queen, How Black Women Love. Yeah. Um, let's let's talk about the genesis of the book and, and deciding to book and these six young ladies. Absolutely. So um, Crown Rules is part of a series, a collective of books. Um, and the one book that um, really inspired this current one was Crown Rules 2, King, How Black Men Love, where I had an opportunity to interview Black men between the ages of 35 to 85 to try to understand their perspective on, on love and intimacy and relationships. And, you know, one of the things that we learned is that, you know, love and your understanding of love develops and matures um, throughout, throughout the lifespan. And um, so we published that book. We did um, a series on that and you suggested you suggested that um, we look at the other side of the coin, how black women love. And there was no way that I could have imagined that these ladies here, as well as the other ladies that I interviewed would be able to transform my life in such a way by sharing their experience of love, intimacy, and relationships with such honesty and boldness and courage and just unadulterated, unfiltered truth. It was just amazing. And, you know, anyone who is fortunate enough to read these words will really connect with themselves. So 
I know that's I know that's where it came from. I know one of the one of the things, and you know, we we conversate practically every day. And I would always call and you'd be like, Well, I have an interview at 7 30. Call me around 8 30. And I will call and you would be emotionally wiped out. Not in a bad way, but you'd be like, you know, I just had an interview and it was like <sighs> excitement and like breathtaking. Um could you speak to that experience? Like, you know, like did you realize that you would after talking to all of the ladies, as well as these six ladies on the panel, um, how that made you feel like, you know, uh, did it give you like a, uh, a self of renewal, like a sense of renewal? Absolutely. Um, I'm going to speak for myself and I know the ladies on our panel tonight will address this in some form or another. But I think as a woman, particularly as a black woman, there are certain ways that we're expected to have conversation. And sometimes when we have those conversations, we may touch on the surface of what we're feeling or what we're thinking and, you know, what we're experiencing and what we hope for. The, the beauty of this book is that it's very guided, um, both myself and the person that I'm speaking with or that I'm interviewing. We know our purpose. We know our purpose is to speak to how black women love and that the questions are aligned to that. And it's a different level of conversation. It's a different level of conversation. And um, it was an honesty that I don't feel that I have ever experienced in relationship with my sisters. So um, I think that's what my takeaway was from it. And then to, you know, be able to tap in maybe some of the things that I have been thinking or feeling myself but wasn't able to express and to hear someone else express it, it validated what I what I feel, so I didn't feel alone. So mm -hmm. you know, when unfortunately, Julia, you know, not or fortunately, we're in a conversation with six other people tonight. Yes, it ain't are. usually like our phone calls when I'm coming home from work and I need someone <laughs> to vent to about some stuff, um, and you're just always there for me with that ear. Yes. So inter introduce these uh, six distinguished young ladies with pleasure. So you know, Crown Rules. Um, explores love across the lifespan. And so the women that have on our panel tonight are dynamic women that range in age um, between their early 40s to um, uh, 50s. And so we have Marsha with us this evening. Her chapter is amazing. I'm trying not to give away too much. We have Marsha, Marsha you, could, you could talk to us, Marsha. Yes, please, Marsha, speak to us. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. Good evening. We also have Tamara. Hello. We have Lee. Hi, everyone. We have Joanne. Hello, everyone. We have Edwina. Good evening, everybody. And we have we have Nick. Good evening. <laughs> oh, so 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 let me see. I don't. I, I really can't say who who I would want to talk to first or last. Um, anybody that would be willing to go first, um, the first one, feet to the fire. Um, we'll just have a conversation, like I told you guys behind the scene. 
It doesn't even have to be quote unquote formal. It's just, we're just having a talk to make you young ladies feel comfortable. Um, like I said to Julia privately and earlier, this is not easy for anybody to talk about um, sometimes. And you guys have allowed yourselves to be interviewed for this book. So it will be out to the world as well as being on the show. So um, let's try, let's try Nick first. How you doing, Nick? I'm doing well in yourself. I'm great. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, how, if you don't mind, um, and I know it's very inappropriate, they say, for men to ask women their ages. If you just say uh, no comment, I will respect that. <laughs> I'm in my 40s. Okay. Mm -hmm. Tell us about yourself. You know, um, you know um, let me ask you the question first then. Okay. How do you love? <laughs> Um, I, I like to say I love with my entire heart. I love hard. Um, I don't know how to half love. You don't know how to, you don't know how to half love. No. What do you mean, what do you mean by that? Um, I believe that, um, as far as love, whether it's, um, you know, a, a motherly love, fatherly love, um, romantic love, et cetera. Um, I feel like it's supposed to be natural. It's supposed to come from your heart. It's supposed to be unfiltered. Mm. Because that, to me, that's love in its purest form. Okay. I'm, I have a couple questions, but I'm going I'm I'm to stay with you for a second, Nick. Okay. So since, since how did you feel when Julia... Um, contacted you or you contacted Julian and said you wanted to be part of this project did it and she explained the project to you did you have to think about it did you pray on it did you say all right from the door or what um to tell you the truth I think I reached out to Julia um we so Julia and I um are both um artists um and we met actually at an artist showcase and I was just so taken by her and her mother. Um, <laughs> they're amazing women. Um, so when the opportunity presented itself, I definitely wanted to be a part of it. So since, since the interview, since you did the interview and you had a chance to answer the questions and then, you know, contemplate them again in your head, has your view of love changed since then? No, it has not. Mm, interesting. No, not at all. My love. Do, do, do you you answered the, you answered my last question in the beginning about your love having no limits, mm -hmm. or um, you know, you don't know how to give give love halfway. I won't say it doesn't have limits. I I just feel like it should be unfiltered. I feel like it should be pure. Okay. So 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 you so you're a poet, huh? Yes. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. <laughs> So, so Lee, what's going on over there? Hey, I was, I was waiting because <laughs> I'm like, I, I love Nick's unicorns and um and rainbow fairies, but honey, love can have some limits. Okay? So, Lee, you dedi you dedicated okay. your your presence on the show tonight to to what young man? Oh, my son. My S U N, my ten year old boy that thinks his mother's just gonna 
become a superstar after this broadcast, but that's how he feels about everything I do. That's why he's my favorite fan. I mean, his daddy's all right, too, you know. <laughs> We've been together for 20 years, but my boy is my boy. So let me ask you, Lee, how do, how do you view love? How do you um, love? I, how do I love? I, in my opinion, I love honestly and imperfectly because being honest, you know, everyone comes with, if you've been through some things in life, everyone comes with a past. Everyone comes with a history. Everyone comes with some form, some level of trauma. And it's a matter of meeting that individual that appreciates you, your good and your bad, that understands you, tries not to, uh, uh, you know, acknowledges triggers, acknowledges past harm, past trauma, and tries not to repeat those things. It's an effort that has to be made because, again, like I said, um. I've been with my husband for 20 years, and I look back and I said, when I first met him, he just turned 24 years old, and now I'm like, that is so young. No wonder I was ready to kill him the first seven years, <laughs> you know, because he literally had so much more growth to do, but he... There was I, I saw he saw the potential in me, he and I saw the potential in him, in spite of and because of our young ignorant selves that were getting to know know each other, but there were boundaries that we didn't cross that it could grow. But to say that it mm. was just so easy and pure and perfect in the beginning, you know, we had to get to know each other. We had to learn you know, our ins and outs, and we had to, you know, work at forming this union and wanted to continue to work at forming this union, so. Well, I definitely want to say that um, congratulations for being married 20 years, um, for sticking by each other, for learning to love each other unselfishly. Um, right. Because we need that more in our community. Um, so, so let me ask you: being that you were married for twenty years, um, you know, going through. And I'm just gonna make. Uh, I'm going to just in case any one of my family members is listening. We have been together for twenty years. Married actually eighteen years because he did have, you know, a two year deadline to you know crap <laughs> or get off the pot because. There's not too much needing to know. We need to know about each other after two years. If we don't know each other by then, I mean, what are we doing? So we were together for 20 years and just celebrated 18 years married September 20th, the day after my son's birthday. Wow. Definitely congratulations and happy belated anniversary. Congratulations. Let me actually... Um... When you first, how did you decide when that you wanted to be interviewed for the book? Um, well, Julia and I, we've known each other for a while. And we, we worked at the same job for many years. And it's like we've always, even though we, we see each other a lot in passing and stuff, we always had this little eye-to-eye connection. So when we came across each other on a mutual friend's Facebook page, 
I hopped on there because I get I had a nickname for her because she was an assistant director. So I used to call her AD Doja. So I was like, AD Doja, is that you? And she said yes, and we got to talking and stuff like that. And and I can go when the, when the conversation is good and interesting, and I think I have something to offer. I can go. Joanne knows that too from our E train ride, getting stuck on the subway them years traveling New York. So and we had some interesting conversations, and we threw ideas at each other, and and we laughed and. We fucked and we did that and the other. So it just felt kind of like a little reminiscent of my 1199 days of conversation. So it was a no brainer for me. Great, great. Marsha, everything good up there? Everything's great. So tell me, um, young lady. Um, me? Yeah, you. Okay. Don't start. <laughs> no, no. Tell me a little bit about yourself, Marsha. What lane do you want me to go from? How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? 57. Oh, you're seasoned. All right now, ma'am. You're All seasoned. Right. You're seasoned. And you said that quick, too. I'm not ashamed of it. <laughs> exactly. You get to a certain age where I'm like... I'm not ashamed of it. So, Marcia, let me ask you, Um, how do you love? I love in truth and empathy. Well, Interesting. No, 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 no. That ain't the final <laughs> question. I got a bunch of stuff I want to ask you. Um, so, so tell let me, me let me expound on the empathy, right? Okay. Okay. People have gone through life. They've had some struggles. They've had some rejections. They've had whatever, right? People want to love people based off of a fairy tale. I want to love a person where they are. Because why do we throw people away when they didn't start that way? And so that person is rejected because somebody else did something wrong. How about I come up alongside of you, see how we could connect. Let's see how we could just be free, right? Let's heal and go from there. You left me speechless for a second there. Um, if I may interject, Quentin. Yes, no, definitely. In her chapter in the book, Mara lays out the steps for that. She lays out the steps for that. So if anybody is missing that or would like to understand how to do that. You you want to get into Marsha's ch chapter and you want to sit with it for a moment. It's not something that you want to read and move on to the next thing. You want to sit with it for a moment and feel it. Feel what she's saying. Mm -hmm. <sighs> she left me speechless for a second. Um... Because you know why? We don't, we don't, we live in this reality TV environment we live in this, I got to showcase and do all of that. You know, when I thought about like tonight, I'm like, oh, let me go put on a blouse. No, I'm going to be me. I wear t-shirts and sneakers. Okay. If you see me. I'm sitting here shoes, with a broke foot. ID. Ask for my ID if you see me in shoes. Okay. But the point is, is that people have been hurt, whether intentional or unintentional. 
I'll give an example. All of the people in the 70s and 80s that had AIDS, right? Mm-hmm. Where are they in this in this in this boat of love? They're rejected. They're lepers. Is that fair? Some of the people were were, you know, mishandled. It was unintentional. They were abused. Are we supposed to throw those people away? We're not so, supposed to we're not supposed to throw people away. So my question to you about does your love have limits? Your love don't got no limits. My love, the only limit I have is two, lying and being deceitful. I can take you for whoever you are. Just be real with me. Because mm-hmm. let me tell you this, I've watched you. So I already know before you even reveal yourself because I watch you. If any other young ladies would like to interject or um, affirm what she's saying, feel free to just come right in. Um, you know, they I, have I, to say it when a woman asks or somebody asks you, they already know the answer. There you oh. go. Right? So if I, I, I pick That's up, right. you know, I don't say anything because I want, I want you to keep revealing yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? I want you to keep revealing yourself. And I'm, I'm okay. And then you just get put in a different category and eventually you will walk your own self out. Exactly. There you go. Tamara, mm-hmm. Tamara you, you've been affirming practically everything that Marsha said. Um, yes. What, what, explain to that. Speak to that. Um, and, I, and I want you, for anybody in the chat to know, Tamara is very supportive of the show. Um, she's been in the comments. Um, this is our first time seeing each other on camera. Well, she's seen me, but it's the first time I've seen her on camera. Um, and I really, I really, the, the show and myself really appreciate your support. Oh, you're welcome. So and you've thank been you for having me. no problem. I mean, you, you, you young ladies, like I said, the courage to be vulnerable should never be taken for granted with anyone. Um, so I say that you've been affirming a lot of the stuff that Marsha was saying. If you don't mind, uh, how old are you? I'm 45, I think. 45, 40, I'm 46. And the reason why in the chat I'm asking the young ladies their age is because one of my favorite phrases is a person of a certain age. I believe that a person of a certain age from experience, from experience, not just age, mm-hmm. should move a certain way. Um, we, we look at our mortality as fleeting. So we start valuing our values, get our values change over a period of time. And we start looking at things like Marsha, we sit back and look at the whole picture. So uh, Tamara, uh, what were you shaking your head? Like she, she hitting it, she nailing it. Explain I, was tr- I was trying to find the word or the words to, to express what she stated. And when she said empathetic, and it's like, okay, yes, that's it. And I also want to piggyback on the fact that she said um, about how we, we, we see, I guess, maybe reality TV or we envision this picture, picture perfect relationship or fairy tales and unicorns and things of that nature. And I would even go a step further, like I say for myself. Um, and I shared with Julia too that I felt like I was like I I met my soulmate, right? And so I'll go. I'll also go on record and say that I'm divorced, and the person I I divorced or is not the soulmate. And 
And I think because of the influence from, I would say, my peers and the influence from his peers, that because I'm a professional individual, I'm a very ambitious female. And he is, he's, I mean, he's ambitious, but he's not as ambitious as I am. And so I think a lot of my peers envision me being with someone who uh, I guess has that same ambition or professional or that demeanor. And whereas his friends may look at, at him being with someone of, the, of their caliber. However, I don't, don't get me wrong, I look at those things, but I don't look at those things as others look at those things. And so for me, it's how he treats me or how he, how he has treated me that that spoke volumes to me like it, it was it was more than i would say what he was wearing how much his clothes cost what his hair looked like because this guy had had dreadlocks so of course it's like no that he doesn't look like the type of person you should be with perhaps again they're looking at my profession and but for me personally i'm looking at the heart okay so, i'm looking so, at the heart and so, so you're answering the question right now <laughs> okay no, 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 you good, you good. I didn't mean I didn't mean to cut you off. Mm, go ahead. Go ahead and ask your question. So your love is valued by him. Um, well, by him, by I would say even through this journey of the divorce and the breakups and the dating and all that, I think I've started to value self-love. Um okay. and you know how some people go in a relationship and the relationship dissolves or it ends. And so we tend to want to, I say as women, we tend to beat ourselves up. Um, but you're like, okay, what could we have done differently um, to make that relationship work? And you know, and that's how it was in the beginning, like when my marriage didn't work, didn't last. It was a thing of like, um, you know, we're dealing with rejection. We're dealing with, you know, what, what could I have done differently? And then that person, uh, the marriage is all because of infidelity. And then he ended up remarrying. And so uh, then you're looking like, okay, well, what's wrong with me? So in my case, I, I got busy trying to fix what I thought was the issue in the marriage. But mm-hmm. as, as life has, I guess, as time progressed, um, I've learned to value myself, self-love. Okay? Mm-hmm. Self-love. And so each time, let's say I date someone and it doesn't work out, I'm going to reflect on that whole setup, that situation. What did I do? What could I have worked on? What could he have worked on? And I I think I may have mentioned that I'm going to give the person ownership of their issues. I'm not going to take on all of the issues that were in that relationship. He's going to have, I'm going to let him take ownership of his issues um, I'm going to take ownership of my issues. And, you know, it wasn't a thing of, did I not try hard? Did I, did I not work hard to make that relationship work? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm, I almost, I'm a workaholic. I'm like, I said, I'm very ambitious. And so what I've learned is, um, well, I guess like they're, that person is going to have to recognize that. Um, that is something that would say I don't want to suppress it. It's just a natural thing for me. And so, um, does he have to be as ambitious as I am? Do we have to build an empire? No, because I maybe want 
building an empire may be something I want to do, but that may not be the thing that he wants to do. Okay? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't negate or belittle what he what he wants to accomplish. Because, um, again, our goals, they're not the same in a sense. Like, okay, like, again, I want to build an empire, but he may not want to go into business. Okay? He may be good being a clown. I don't know, you know, but he's a darn good clown, <laughs> you know? So, and it's a thing of respect. I'm respecting what his thing is and he's respecting what my thing is. And we learn to work together and not dismiss each other because he's not as ambitious as me. He's not starting a business or I'm not out there trying to be a clown. It's It's interesting that you said that because in my opinion, that speaks to what Marsha was talking about, the fairy tale that we have created in our head mm-hmm. about definitely when it comes to relationships, what we want, we want mm-hmm. everything to be this picture perfect situation. Um, mm-hmm. Can I ask so I, Yes, yes. Marsha, I have a I have a question for you. Just just give me one second till I get back to you, but say what you wanted to say, Marsha, real quick. I think, you know, with the fairy tale, we also uh, we love um, beneath ourselves, right? Because we don't think that we're worth it. Mm-hmm. We we don't think that um, we're beautiful smart. enough. We mm-hmm. don't think that we're smart enough or we don't have enough money. We always belittle mm-hmm. ourselves with, with, we don't need encouragement to belittle ourselves because we got that down pat, That's true. right? Mm-hmm. And it takes courage for us to stand up and say, you know what, I'm worth it, I'm worthy. And I have something to bring to the table. Absolutely. So when we get out of out of our own head and stop Mm -hmm. looking at all of the distractions, Mm -hmm. we'll get a little bit of clarity and Mm -hmm. we'll be able to do. And love doesn't have to be lust. It doesn't have to be in a relationship. Love is love. It you love is friendship. Yes. Love is encouraging someone because if you can't have that basic foundation, you are you're not good for anything but a temporary status, temporary fling or whatever. Yes. I want to so, pick back on that with self-love. Ho, 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 ho. This is career. See, I, I have to message Joanne, Joanne. I said it behind I said it behind the scenes. I have to message you because you're wearing yellow. <laughs> and that's my mom's favorite color. So she was a beautiful woman. I'm sure she's got. We got it. We got and if, it. And if anybody it. believes in astrology, she was a Virgo. So y'all know how that goes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> still, you know. <laughs> so, so Joanne, I and I, I apologize for you and Edwina that you guys are basically oh, um, last to the conversation. Um, everybody, feel free to just. Take the conversation wherever you guys choose to go um, before I start using some questions that's in the chat. But Joanne, you wanted to say something? Self-love. I can only speak for myself. Um, The little problems that you have when you're growing into love, thinking it's love. I want to go everywhere where he's at. I want to do. You forget about your dreams. You forget Mm -hmm. about your goals. And you may have not even thought you had any goals because... They may have convinced you your goal is his his goals. So self-love. So one of the questions is, how do I love? I love me first. I make sure I don't mm-hmm. compromise me. 
because we do a lot of compromising when we go into these relationships and we forget who we are. Yes. And oh, there's well, there's a couple of things of we learn love also from where we see it from, where we grow, where we learn it from our parents. Mm -hmm. Some of us didn't have traditional parents to know about love. Exactly. So you got to go through a couple of, you know, hits and knocks on the head, you know, to get it. But you will get it with patience. So patience has to be in there. Wisdom has to be in there. That little birdie that's telling you, just relax for a moment. See what this guy is about. We have to, as women, love ourselves. So we can't beat ourselves up because, you know, I'm in my 50s. I'm not married. I don't have a boyfriend and I'm okay because I'm still learning to love me fully. Hello. Yes. Of being all whole, I'm hoping that man upstairs will say, okay, here's this whole woman. I'm going to bring a whole man to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I and, did, you know, Marcia, I just, I just had to. <laughs> and Joanne, it's funny you say that um, because again, on this journey, like I say, um, after the divorce and I would say even after the other relationship or what have you, you know, I, it's like each, I would say each relationship, whether it is when it dissolves, I always take something and I learn and, and I get, it's like, it, it pushes me further into self-love. Yeah. And so, and, and by me being able to um, focus more on self-love when that person does come, I'm able to, I would say, discern their issues quicker than I had before previously. And so, and I give an example of this gentleman that I, I don't even know what, I don't, I'm not even gonna say we were dating, okay? And so I flew in and this gentleman offered to pick me up from the airport. Mm -hmm. And I um, said, sure. So the airport, um, I'm in Texas, has the toll the toll booths or whatever. So I offered to pay the $3 for the toll. It became a thing of, oh, you're flashing your money in front of me. And it's like, okay, so you're insecure with uh, an uh, ambitious woman. So mm -hmm. that's something you need to work on. This is not going to work because I already see that's going to be an issue, you know? Well, it so, could be security or just a user. There you go. Because mm -hmm. I was a people pleaser. So, Same here. Mm -hmm. You know, that would be something I would do. Oh, well, let me give you some money for gas. You know, let, mm -hmm. let me treat you. Didn't you mm -hmm. know that as time goes, you ain't never paid for anything. Using mm -hmm. So we have to now have those antennas up to recognize. I was on my own, like, very young. So... My my comfort was was financial. I worked very early. I had to deal with someone that um, made money, and honestly, at that time, I didn't care how. If they made money, they made money. When I met my husband, however, and everyone used to say, "Oh, that's not the type of dude that you would date." That's not because he didn't have any money. He worked security. And everyone was down in my little security yard, right? But 20 years later, you know, because again, I tell you about the age, 20 years later, it's like if someone is good to you, or how they earn a living, all of that can change. How mm -hmm. they treat you, 
how they see you. Because I have another thing. Um, I was in one bad relationship in my early 20s and I always felt it was because people thought you had a Napoleon complex. So I used to look for the biggest thing I could find to start dating because I would say, you know what I'm saying, they, they wouldn't challenge me as much. They wouldn't be so short and angry all the time, right? And then, so, but then, you know, long story short, my husband, no pun intended, is not tall at all. But he makes me feel the most secure that I have mm -hmm. ever felt. So, you know, there's a joke that people say, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, women can pray all the time. Like, God, said, why, you know, I asked you to send me a husband. When are you going to send me a husband? And, and God said, I did. And you turned him away because you said he was wearing Reebok. Like, you can change his shoes. If somebody has a good heart, and it's something that you can build on. Like, you can't just automatically dismiss them. Society thinks it should be. Well, you can miss out on something good. And I have one more comment about self-love. Self-love uh -oh, starts with knowing who you are and identifying your traits. What, what, mm -hmm. what are your pain points? What makes mm -hmm. you happy? And, and your own truth. That is the beginning of self-love. People think self-love is all about the spas and the massages and all of that stuff mm -hmm. like that. That's good. It helps now. And what makes you tick, you're just going to be spinning yes. your wheels. And, 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 and can I add one more thing? I have been... My husband, what he's done, like I said, in his growth, <laughs> in his years, has allowed me to be be in a position that no one thought I would be in by dealing with him. I've been able to stay home and raise my children. I've been able to do the things that were important to me because I saw things that people didn't necessarily see back then. So... So, so Edwina, um, I apologize. You haven't, you haven't said no, anything. No, 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 I'm I can, okay. I, I, I know how you are. If, if I don't ask you, you won't say nothing. You'll sit down. Yeah. Be, be I'm quiet. enjoying the conversation. Is I'm, I'm, I can't wait to read this book and read everybody's chapters. So it's yeah. absolutely fine. <laughs> so let me, let me, let me ask mm -hmm. you guys a question because someone asked a question. I don't want to act like I didn't see it. Um, and it was about it was it was mainly towards Marsha, but I want all you guys to answer the question. And Julia, you can answer the question as well. Um, protecting your peace. When did you guys realize at what age you had to protect your peace at all costs? Mm, I, got, I learned that in thirty. In all honesty, um, yeah, I I, I, I learned mm -hmm. very fast, very very quick. Um, <laughs> And um, I was nine. Nine. Wow. I think, I, I, think the, I think the um one of the important things that you'll find throughout every story in this book is that as black women, if we're fortunate, we have the opportunity to be little girls. But the um, honest truth is that we're expected to be women at a very young age. Mm 
um, to think like women, to conduct ourselves like women, to move like women at a very young age. And part of what that involves is giving of ourselves. Like we're not necessarily taught how to establish limits or to establish boundaries. And it's only through our experiences that we come to that place of understanding what peace is and then understanding the steps to take to protect it. And so for any young women out there who are struggling with that, the stories from each of the women here and some of our women um, who are in their 20s in the book will help you to understand how to do that without having to learn it, if that makes sense. I got a, I had a couple, I have a bunch of questions, you guys. Um, someone asked, how, did, how, how significant do you ladies think it is to be equally yoked in a relationship? I think it's very important, um, me personally. I um, think that that is, that's kind of, okay, go ahead, Jojo, finish. Um, I feel it's important. I mean, me, I, I consider myself a Christian. You know, I go to church. It's kind of hard if you have someone that's out in the club 24-7, you know, spending money, gambling, and you're trying to build a home, a foundation, healing, learning, it's kind of hard. You have to come in somewhere where you have something of equal to build on because you can't build if one's here and one's the other way. You know, I think it's very important in a relationship. I think equally yoked isn't really just pertaining to, um, you know, and for younger women, I know when I was younger, I thought it meant to be equally yoked in status or where they were at a point in their life. But equally yoked is a state of mind. Are you moving in the same direction? Because we're all going to make organic movements to the left, to the right, avoiding different things, overcoming different obstacles. But in order to end up in the same place at the end of all of that, you have to at least be in the same mind space a lot of, and that's a lot of times as women i didn't get a chance to ask the answer the other question that you were saying but my point is that i have a tendency to believe that i love now organically whereas before i loved from a state of expectancy so it was kind of like i did everything i was expected to until i was in my 40s and that was only coming to a turn with where I came to realize it all culminated in me saying I can't I can't live for everybody else I can't do for everybody else as much as I love them and as much as I see them going through things and as much as I'd like to sacrifice for that love I used to think that love was sacrifice but now I think it's a coming from or organic place of understanding yourself and then deciding what of yourself you can afford to give to another person. And any person that can't understand that, whether they're your spouse or friend or any other relationship, then that is not really something that's going to mesh. You're going to be fighting with that thing for the rest of your life when you can organically find something that is on the same wavelength and vibration and state of mind as you are. And that's when you come into equally you. It's not about the money. Well, let me. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that answer, uh, Dwina. And I know there is some is some questions in the chat that I'm going to get to you guys. I don't want you guys to think I'm not answer, answering the young ladies your questions. But I want to ask you guys a question. And I know that 
listen, I know the format of the book. Um, I kind of know how Julia asks questions to get the answers, to get you guys to answer the questions authentically and with a core. A lot of times, and Joanne speaks about this point of making yourself whole. A lot of times we consider love, our definition of love, with being with someone. When did you guys realize, like, that's not love? Love is loving yourself regardless whether you're single, married, like Tamara said, divorced, uh, whether you got kids or whatever. When did you know what love truly was? I, can I answer that? first? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So for sure. me, I started learning when I got divorced. I know most people, you know, like, oh, divorce is bad. Divorce is bad. I actually grew up because of divorce. Yeah. I actually tapped into self, myself, or say self love, you know, God love. I, I, I grew as a person. Um, through my divorce and and I mean like if I didn't have the divorce not that I you know wish that on anybody but for me personally I I felt like I'm finding myself because of the divorce um it like I said it used to be a thing of okay I got to hurry up and find someone to be with because then that'd be like the whole package now it's like if I do great if I don't I'm still great you know and so yeah, I just uh, I evolved. Or I I I got the the message after the divorce. That makes sense. Anyone else? Well, with me, with them, with there being different types of love, different types of love relationships, it happened for me at different times in my life. Like I said, self love came for me at a very early age. Um. I spoke on it in the book. My mom passed away when I was four years old. And my dad, he was a single West Indian father trying to make it in New York. And he was rough. And he was the best dad he can be, but not necessarily a good mate. And the things that used to go on at his house, as much as I loved my dad, because he treated me like a princess, I had to separate myself because of other things that was exposed. So I basically had to um, like I put that guard up, even starting with him at nine. I could not love him, you know, unconditionally and wholeheartedly all the time because there were times that I couldn't even be around him as much as I love him because in order to save myself, in order to have my own sense of peace. So that's when I started recognizing that, you know what, regardless of what, it may come a time in your life where at any point in time, you have to remember, you have to put you first. You have to put you first. I have not met anyone, regardless of what anyone says, unless they, you know, not saying that it's not possible, but I really haven't met anyone wholeheartedly just don't put theirself first. I really haven't. And they may not even realize it. Even in even when they say, Oh, I I give wholeheartedly, I give, you know, all of me and everything. 
that comes from a place of where did that come from? If you're not getting that in return, you know, where did that come from? Where's the motive? Where's the purpose? So I've never really experienced that in my life. It's always I've seen that, you know, you have to put you first because nobody really, really ever puts you first. Except maybe your parents, you know, and then after a certain time, they may not even put you first. But then it comes from like the love of a mate or something. My father had already instilled in me that you come first. And no matter what, if you have to separate yourself from someone because they're disturbing your peace, they're disturbing, you know what I'm saying, your sense of sanity, they're disturbing your safety, it is what it is. So all throughout my life, I've always still maintained that sense of a wall where no, no one can really get me to give so much of myself that it is going to harm me. Thank, and I'm thankful for that. That's my def defense mechanism. That has kept me alive in a lot of situations. But, you know, it is what it is. And then it comes to the love of my children. Ones that I will literally die and kill for. That's a love that I had never known until I had them. So it's different love. For me, it's different love for, you know, different types of relationships. But even at the end of the day, self-love has to come first, even when, you know, coming to my children. Because if I don't make sure if I'm healthy, if I don't make sure I'm good, if I don't make sure I'm on the right track, I'm no good to them. So if I don't put me first, even in that situation, it's not going to be a good thing. Absolutely. So let me, does anybody else want to add to that? I have a couple more questions. As, oh, so, okay. as black women, just growing up black women, um, I feel like a lot of things are, are brushed under the rug, swept under the rug. And um, more often than not, we are conditioned to take on all of this trauma from everywhere and just keep going. Um, I think that also has um, a lot to do with the fact that a lot of people don't actually learn to love love themselves initially. You have like, like said, you have to learn to love yourself. You're all. It's always like, oh well, you know. Well, you know that's family. Okay. Well, just because it's family, it doesn't necessarily mean that that isn't healthy. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. Well, Join, you have something I'm you want to add? Come from a place where. I didn't know what love was. It was never shown to me either. Um, I'm coming from a place of foster care. So I had to go through steps in life. So mm -hmm. it's also you have me having to break down. I guess the man upstairs had to break me down to learn to build myself back up. Because during the process of going through life, as Nick was saying, we're conditioned to just Keep going, keep moving. You know, back in the days, what's wrong with you? You don't let people know what's going on in your world, in your life. You put a smile on your face and you keep going. But there's so many tears at that. And by the time you get to a level of life, it's almost like a computer going, there's no more. It's going to shut down. So mm -hmm. I have to say, mine came later in life because I had to shut down. There was no more disappointments. There was no more people pleasing. There was no more uh, abuse. There was no more just 
lack of loving me. So I had to find me, you know, and learn. Learn from what you think is normal love, <laughs> you know. And as time goes by, you, you know, you're thankful for your sisters. You know, you have a lot of girlfriends. I'm thankful for them to show me what the template looks like. I have right. friends that have parents. They're showing me the template because I never had that. So I also think we have to be forgiving with the men, if I have to say, because they, they don't know what it looks like either because they didn't get that either. They don't know sometimes what love is if they never saw the father, the uncle, uh, some male figure loving on a woman. So sometimes we have to be patient with them as, as well. So I just wanted to share that. <laughs> just, just to, just to um, I know that Tamika, Tamika was in the chat. She said she loved you guys' conversation and she felt like this conversation was worthy. And um, one of the things that Julia tried to do with the creation of these books and us doing basically an open book club virtually is to bring these conversations to the forefront and be enabled for all of us, men and women, to definitely dealing with our, our culture, mm -hmm. to be able to have a safe zone, sort of say, and be able to express how we feel about things without judgment. Yes. Um, one of the biggest things is that we do have that judgmental eye. And I think that Marsha, when she spoke about understanding where you're at and understanding where other people are at, that bothers a lot of people. A lot of us, we like, you know, you ain't on my level or, you know, I'm, I'm here and you there. And we tend to think that we have arrived, sort of say. So one of the questions in the chat was, and I know you young ladies might be chopping at the bit to answer this question when I ask it. Um, <laughs> do you guys think that black women love down? Mm -hmm. I used to. Yes. I would definitely say, oh, yes. If you've seen some mm -hmm. of them, like, what were you thinking? Yes, because you want, oh, to, you want to fit in. You want to feel loved. You might have had that card that didn't have anything else of substance, but it was something to hold on, something tangible to say, hey, I got a man. So mm. I say I've in the past. Will I do that ever again? No. That's why I'm single. <laughs> when you say when you say love down, what do you mean like for the sake for you, the sake of like like Joanne said, and I, I apologize for not answering the question exactly how dealing with I, someone for the, for the sake of I got a man, y'all. I got a no. spiritually. He's not just dealing with anyone. Just dealing with anyone. Just for the sake of saying that you have a man. Yes. And I can know, and I can honestly say that, um, pretty much where I grew up, that we were raised. Like I said, my dad. He um. I wasn't raised with him. It was my grandmother and my aunts and stuff. And my grandfather was in the house with my grandmother. But we were raised to be very, you know, independent and, you know, to look for someone suitable. And it's okay to be by yourself. Like, I have aunts that are by, my, by themselves to this day. And no one 
look, it, it's kind of um like a badge of honor in our family because we was like, yeah, because nobody can come in there and just do any old thing to us. It's all right to be by herself. She's yeah. not falling for the okie doke. So yeah. in our family, it's it's kind of been like, I, if you do, you do, you don't, you don't, and you'd actually be looked down upon if you were quote unquote loving down or whatever. The family would get into you. Yeah. I do want to um, share, like listening to all of the stories from all of the ladies in the book. I interviewed about 19 women in, 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 in total. And I would, to that question that our, our, our viewer posed, I would say yes. And I say partly the reason why that is, is because we're taught to do that. Um, we're, we're not always based on, you know, the stories that that have been shared with me, we're not always provided that opportunity to know that we should have expectations, right? And that we should value ourselves and that it's more important to, to have ownership of yourself than to say that you're in a relationship just for the sake of being in a relationship. And so it's, it, it, it kind of comes out in all of the stories that yes, the, and the only reason why we do that is because we did not learn to love ourselves first. Because if we did, we would make different choices. Okay. I'm going I'm to ask you, you ladies a question. And Julia will know exactly where I'm going with this question. Have you have all you ladies read or seen Waiting to Exhale? Yes. Of course. <laughs> of course, right? Do you remember the character that Wesley Snipes played? Do I remember Wesley Snipes in that movie? <laughs> he was at the end and they slept in the bed. They didn't do anything. He was her comfort. Remember the letter that he wrote? Remember the letter that he wrote back to Marsha? You don't remember the letter? I'm sorry, that was so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> Now you have to watch the movie again. Well, ba well, basically, basically, in the letter, he explained to her that how he was her comfort in her eyes that night, but she was really his comfort, mm -hmm. and his wife was dying. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, yeah. I remember. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And and the reason the reason why I bring this up is because me and Julia talk about the movie, and you know, watching the movie in my early 20s and watching it in my 40s, you get a different perspective of the movie. Um, so I, the reason why I tied it is because a lot of people, uh, myself included at one time, we, we tend to think that love, like a love got to be sexual, love got to be, he taking me on trips, he buying me this, he buying me that, and vice versa. She She's taking care of me, so forth. But the comforting aspect of love, the comforting, the being able to hear, hear those struggles, hear, hear those insecurities. Um, do you think that a lot of times, you guys, and I'm speaking about relationships now, that we're not comfortable dealing with somebody who has so many insecurities and we don't have them in that area? So we don't want to take on their stuff. We know they're good people, and they may treat us well, but they may like like um. Tomala said the, the dude had money issues. 
He had insecurities mm-hmm. with the money. But he might have been a good guy, and it's like, you know, you got insecurities. I can't deal with you, bro. Right. <laughs> Do you think that we have patience uh, enough to deal with people with insecurities? I think... Um, I, not a different <laughs> <laughs> what what I think and what I took away from when she said that is it could be it can be three different men in the same situation that walk away from that same problem in different ways. But the one who is gonna be like looking at you where yeah, that one might actually have a look you know, not every man is um how how do you like to say that women's with degrees and stuff say about men that they are What's the word? They say that men are. Uh, I'm so sorry, but like they look at it as women thinking they're dominant, and they don't take the subservient role that they expect a woman to mm-hmm. if she does have more, and it is met with that bit of a clash because that's the man's insecurity. I think that a person's insecurity is only a flaw in a relationship when they bring it to you, like anything else they bring it to you to fix and I think that oftentimes people go to relationships too often as half a person and expect that other person to bring the rest of it that's why the whole bit of 50 50 is stupid because we're not 50 percent of a person and if you go into something and I, I was having a conversation with someone before and they were talking about how like men oftentimes run into relationships because their moms took care of them so the comfort that they race into a relationship for sometimes is because they need a woman to take care of them. And in the same token, women, it goes way back thinking that if you're not, if you're by yourself, you have to defend that point. You can't say that I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for something special. You got to be lonely or you got to be listening to the wrong persons. Well, you, everybody is not for everybody. That's right. <laughs> let me let me. Ask and you sometimes question. I run into that on the on the flip side too, though. Mm-hmm. You know, I run into that on on the flip side too. That there's some women that really think that marriage nowadays is oppressive. I mean, you know, they want to live their best life. They make their money. They don't need no man. You know what I'm saying? So right. it, it's a flip side and both sides it's a matter of perspective and what works for that individual and I just want to explain you know not necessarily a yin and yang but in um, what I said I had more of I had a triangle in my head it was a triangle and, I, and it's cut into three parts so at the top of the triangle I would have the things that I absolutely could not deal with in the relationship that's no beating, no cheating, no drug and alcohol abuse. Then it's the middle stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's not as, you know what I'm saying? Not as small as that. So it might be a little bit more. You're going to think you might trust that, but not a deal breaker. And then the biggest part of the triangle at the bottom is what you're willing to just let go because it's not a big deal at all. And if both people have that mindset, of that triangle in their head in the relationship, you would see that you would end up giving more so to your partner than taking away as long as they're not impeding in your hard nose. Like that that top of the triangle is your hard nose. Don't accept anything. Don't expect anybody to change. Don't look for anybody to change. If you see those hard nose in the first, second, third, fourth, or fifth date, don't waste your time. 
Because then you'll start wasting your time trying to change that person. Resentment will grow. Problems will start. He will end up cheating because you're not gassing him up anymore. You're now picking out the things that you don't like about him and all of that stuff like that. So, you know, you can prioritize and know you can set your standards and you can set your boundaries and not deal with nobody that, you know, doesn't adhere. But it goes both ways. You know. It does definitely. Understand that we got some mess with us too. See, the, 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 we the, gonna um, require some forgiveness. Oh yes, and we're gonna require somebody to understand us as well. Yeah. See, the, okay. the, the reason why um I I tend to ask certain questions, and the the motive of my questions is uh, one of the things um is tradition. Some of us have traditional values of what we think a woman's supposed to do. So a woman may may meet a man and she's grew up in what we call a traditional home. And she may feel like what a woman is supposed to do is tradition. She may want to cook every night. She may want to iron her husband's clothes before he goes to work or whatever. And then she may meet a man who does not believe in those traditions or was wrong was coming up in those traditions and this is where it clashes and i think that a lot of times we we don't we don't talk to each other we don't communicate to understand and and something that nick said about uh the stereotypes do you think that the stereotypes of quote unquote what how black women are supposed to feel are hurting them in relationships and how they truly love. I'm getting some feedback from somewhere. It's okay. Um, I think like sometimes some of the questions are more specific to an individual that like one person could could um, answer. Like, my answer may not fit for the other young lady on the panel and vice versa. So that would be like an individual. Oh, I'm, I lost time. I'm getting some feedback from your microphone, Lee. All right, hold on. Someone else can answer the question while until Lee, the microphone get there, Joanne. Um, well, I believe we all have to come in as who we are. So I'm not Betty Crocker. I'm gonna let you know I'm not Betty Crocker. <laughs> and um Well let's well Joanne, let's role play. Let's role play. <laughs> okay. We on a we on a date. We just getting to know each other. You tell me you're not Betty Crocker and you ain't gonna cook, and I'm gonna tell you, I graduated from culinary school. Wait so a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> What'd you say, Marcia? I have a question. Why are you in my house if you we getting just getting to know each other? Why do you know where I live? Oh. Ah. <laughs> I didn't say I was at the crib. I said we might be at the library having a conversation, Marcia. 
Now, don't, I will say don't I'm, infer. Don't infer. That's you know you sniffing around. That's what you're doing. You sniffing around with my my foots, right? What are you, what are you, my coattail? Nah. <laughs> now, when I say I'm not Betty Crocker, I don't mind cooking, but I don't want it to be where I have to cook. Let it be a love language of I'm feeling good. Today's a day we're gonna do. We're gonna throw down, and should be shared. You know, I believe in share. That's just me. Now, I've been fortunate, past relationships, they all cooked. So it was a win-win. But there were other major things that were missing. Mm -hmm. So I, I need that whole package. You know, so I I don't know if you heard that, but everybody has a different template that works for their household. Uh, there are women that uh, fixes the cars and the, and the man doesn't, you know? They probably will not openly say that because it's frowned upon besides in the society. But I do know women that know how to fix cars. And, it, you know, the men never had that in their life to, to actually fix a car. They may be more artsy. They may, you know, they may have different talents. No, you really, the reason why exactly. I ask that is because you really do, um, you have women um, that I've came across and from various conversations that um, they won't date a man if he's not handy. Wow. Now, he may not be the guy, he may be the guy that'll call the guy who will fix it. That there may be go. his thing. Um, do you think, I'm going to ask you guys a question, and, 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 and Lee spoke about it. I'm trying to get, I'm going to unmute Lee in a minute. I'm we having the little audio issues. Um, do you think sometimes, you guys, we set up these deal breakers, and they're they're realistic or unrealistic? How do you guys feel about deal breakers when it comes to relationships? So I feel like deal breakers should be discussed when you're when you first start dating someone. When you're getting to know each other, you need to. <laughs> You need to lay out your hard stops. I have a hard stop here, here, and here. Those are non-negotiables. These are my non-negotiables, and it just is what it is. Granted, with a relationship, there's always going to you're you're going to grow first and foremost, hopefully together. But you're going to grow. You're constantly evolving. But you should always be upfront with your deal breaker because my thing is, I hate for somebody to be in a relationship. And, you know, you start out and everything is cool. And then it's like, okay, well, this is how we've always done this. Or this is what we do. At a point where it's like, okay, well, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Or I don't like this. Because my thing is, when did it become not okay? We, we, you know, this is, this is the foundation that we laid. And now, you know, now you're switching up on me. But I think for me, I've been with my husband for almost 22 years we've only been married for nine of those but I think that if I look at when I met him when I was 20 years old and what I wanted and expected then versus what I want and expected after all of my life experience since is uh completely different and it's completely different for him too and I think that this might be the fourth or fifth time in our life cycle together that we've come to 
a point where it's almost a clash because the, um, you know, first of all, I think a lot of times people have a tendency to set out a, a representative that <laughs> that goes out and dates for the first six months. And that's the problem because you never know what it is you can organically find out about a person unless you let your guard down and really be open to them. But like, I can say I that when... Edwina, I need you to say that again. What? That you never fully know who somebody is unless you let your guard down. Right, exactly. You don't. You don't. You don't. Because you wouldn't be able to... I know that when we first met, there was a lot of things that I didn't say. I held my tongue because I'm like, it's it's rude for a woman to be like, all I want is, you know, and you don't want to be, especially coming from where I'm coming from, you don't want to come to it being the, the next snapping, demanding female. <laughs> so you have to tread that part lightly. But on the same token, you also don't want to completely hide your identity of who you genuinely are to let that person see. Because yeah, you might be able to cook and then it might come down to a point where you're working more like I have a, a really close friend she works a job where she does a lot of strenuous things and she has to wear still toe boots and her husband is the one that is the one that's at home cooking and things like that but there were times in their relationship when the roles were completely switched there were times in relationship where he couldn't be a helpmate at all but a person who loves you genuinely is going to step up in a way that they never had to when it when it's called for it you know it was a character things that i don't think can necessarily go inside of the pyramid that a lot of people or like the the list that we have a tendency to think that we need because those things might change and those things might not directly you know there's certain things that's definitely deal breakers that you do not want it certain triggers certain parts of your life that right. is something that maya angelou said that stuck with me she said to keep a part of your life clean and pristine from everybody because you never know if that's the only heaven that you get and I've been sticking <laughs> to that like this part of you that any other person should not have access to but above and beyond that mm -hmm. that's why when I said it I'm like I love organically I'm gonna love you from where you are and when I say I when we had the conversation in the book and I was talking to Julia about it I'm like I can't say that I know of this pristine love that you can say you have to put all these conditions in because most of the people that I love if you looked at their jacket from the people that I love that are family to myself to the person that I chose as my spouse you wouldn't look at them as being um if you put them on that spectrum they will automatically be thrown off of most people's lists but if you take mm -hmm. and you love them organically from where they are you will see that okay yeah, that person is not, he's not going to be the type to do anything housework wise, but he can go out there and he's going to make a way to do this. He has these ambitions to do these things. And if you could fall in line or help him to do this, you know, it's like a triangle. You kind of have to be, you're this part, their part, you meet in the middle and at the top is the goals and ambition that you both are working towards. But I don't know about the, you know. I can't say that only because of how long we've been together, it's hard to say that um, there's a certain way to look at a, another person completely for the outstretch of your entire relationship. Because I have thoroughly hated this person <laughs> for times when we clashed and couldn't get back into sorts because of those reasons, because we stopped looking at looking like each other's list for a long time. I'm, I'm gonna say, I just want to chime in real quick, Edwina, on um, something that you touched on. So 
I definitely understand growing in the relationship. I mean, my thing is you're not do- you're not doing well if you're not growing. Everybody should learn. Yeah, something. exactly. But my my thing is there are certain non-negotiables that are just not negotiable. There are deal breakers, and that's what that's what I was wrestling. Yeah, yeah. The deal breakers. In all honesty, I'm gonna be moment of transparency here. I'm divorced. I was married for I was with my ex husband for 14 years. In all honesty. I feel like my deal breakers from day one didn't change from my deal breakers right here, right now. Hmm. Things that I'm not going I noticed, to. And I noticed, I noticed, I noticed something. Um, my love, but let oh. me just say that love is organic, but I can love you and not be with you too. How about that? Exactly. That's exactly oh, yes, right. That's a Absolutely. good one. Yes. I noticed Absolutely. something. I noticed I something. And, and, and Nick, that was a very uh, catchy phrase there. I can love you and not be with you. Mm-hmm. I can love you from a distance. One, yeah. one, of, one of the things, and I think that it is a stereotype, is um, when someone is divorced, how we may look at the person different. And that's not mm-hmm. too particularly true because I, I'm a firm believer that you don't have to be with someone, like Nick said, to, to love them. And we all grow. We're, we're mm-hmm. evolving as people, we're evolving as individuals, and evolving as a couple. I always, when me and Julia talk about relationships, I always say a relationship is two imperfect people living together, trying to be perfect. So let's figure that out. But um, I really appreciate you ladies tonight. Um, You guys, you know, I can't say enough about you guys. I'm, I see why Julia was so overwhelmed with the conversation. And Lee, your your microphone is working now, Lee. It's, it, I can hear. Yes, you. you know I was listen. It's these stupid earpods. You know I'm trying to you know stay up with the new high tech stuff, but it did something, so I just flung them to the side for now. So, but you guys can hear me now, and there's no feedback. Right? Sorry no. about that. So, so I have one final question and i asked a couple questions i asked uh nick the question and um i might have asked marcia i forget i forget do you the book the interview has it has it changed you with being able to express it so to say because i know she i know she went there with you guys i feel empowered because I said that I was going to write like my own autobiography, right? And I know I'm like, I'm not a celebrity, but the things that I've gone through in my life and just talking to Julia about certain things that I've went through in my life and just seeing how interested she was you know, to want to take it a, a step further and put me in the book. And it's like, you know, I might have a voice. And I said to her, I said, all right, Julia, you make sure you call me when you're doing um that book tour and you need the panel of young ladies and this, that, and the other. And it's so funny because we're talking. But yes, I know Julia for a long time. And I know that the people that she deal with have good things to say. And she inspires people and she tends to bring out the best in them when she's around them because of her aura and um yeah so that's it I i would definitely say that i believe that there's no errors in life i also worked with julia i always looked from afar like wow she's got her stuff together 
she really got her stuff together. Like, but you know, she's your boss. So you can always only look. But when you did have conversations, like Lee was saying, it was like, wow. You're like, oh, she's human. Hey, <laughs> she is human. This okay. is human. And I would say that Facebook, you know, you're just going through like, oh, she's on Facebook too. Okay. I also was thinking about writing my own book. I probably will still. She encouraged me as well. But it actually brought, woke something up within myself. Mm -hmm. It felt empowering, didn't it? That I'm here. Because that's right. She said she was doing something on on, Facebook. Social media, I said, Oh no, <laughs> don't, don't do that. You need help from behind, and that's something that I needed to break out of of self love, self wealth. Yeah. I'm worthy. Self wealth, I love that. You know, and we often uh, stop speaking because we think no one wants to hear, but there yeah. are people that want to hear. Exactly. I am seasoned. And I would hope that someday I can help the younger ones actually not go through half the stuff that I went through. Right. Love herself. Mm. I have a yeah. granddaughter now. I want her to know that she is worthy. That's right. You know that you're worthy. You don't have to get it from someone else. Exactly. You know? And I want to say thank you, Julia. Yes. With all my heart, without me getting emotional, because you, you know some things, you know, but we got a lot more to cover. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, how you handle, how you handle, and I'm sure all the women can say that, how you handle with care. Yeah. With passion, yeah. with love, and trust, because you tr- and you would trust us to, you know, be here and share out our journeys and how we love and put it all in a, in a book. And actually, we're here doing it and we appreciate you. Thank, Thank you. you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I just want to close because I think um, my experience with Julia in this interview was much different than each person here. I needed to see a therapist afterwards because I, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 they, it was an aha moment. You know, I think the question she asked me was, did I, did I love or experience love? And, and my answer was no. Mm. It did kind of feel like a therapy session at some point. It did. We think that we think that there's love, but you, you were loving out of opportunity. You were loving out of desperation. You were loving out of abandonment. You are loving out of, of trying to belong, there were so many things that we thought was were love was love, mm-hmm. but it was just a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a really aha moment for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just I just want to give you guys some 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 little insight about um Julia uh, allowing me to participate in her first book. About how black men had a love, which is a which is basically her second book. Um, the questions that most of the questions that she asked the gentlemen, she asked you guys with a little bit more questions, I, I assume. So, me having the book, we had to do a lot of conversating behind the scenes. Um, I had to take Julia certain places 
that I'm quite sure you got, she took you guys through and vice versa. Um, so I know, I kind of know where she went with you guys. Um, and it, it, it may look easy on the outside being able to express these things and, and talk to someone and they're writing, they're interviewing for a book that one day is going to be published and the world is going to know these questions about you and, and your, your authentic view. And it's not easy for us. Um, some of us do have trauma. Some of us don't. Mm-hmm. Some of us been through some stuff, going through some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be going through some stuff in the future. So it's kind of hard. So I really appreciate you, you young ladies for allowing yourselves to come on the show. Like Joanne said, being able to even express it online is like, Oh, uh, I want to go back six months and look at myself and be like, Oh, I said that. I didn't mean to say that. I didn't get, I didn't mean to tell him that, or I didn't want him to know that or, or vice versa. I, I forgot a lot of stuff, which, which I'm quite sure you young ladies will be like, it's some stuff that I wanted to discuss. So I really appreciate you guys. I want you guys to stay on. Cause I want to, I want to uh, talk to you guys offline. Okay. But I appreciate okay. all you guys in the okay. chat. Thank you, Julia. Yes. You need to, you need to let everyone in the chat as well as myself. Um, when is the book going to drop? When is going to be your first show? When okay. we just, when we go over the book and and all that good stuff. Okay, so I have plans for the book to drop on Saturday, October 9th, which is next Saturday. <laughs> I know the um, I know the lady's been waiting for a while for it to come out, but I'm I'm shooting for that day. Um, and then the show, I guess we could talk offline about that because I'm 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 catching up with my own life. <laughs> but um, I'm so grateful um, for um, this platform, Quentin, as always, and I'm so grateful to each of the beautiful ladies who are on this panel, and also some ladies that I've seen in the chat tonight who also appear in the book. Um, so um, I'm just grateful for that and. I'm overwhelmed in this moment, actually. You know, I'm never at a loss for words, but. Hey, listen, you guys in the chat. Julia I want to said... say one last Go ahead. thing. <laughs> I got to throw my curveball, Julia. It's what coming. was your curveball, Quinson? I'm sorry. Listen, she said the book will be out Saturday. Look for the show the following Thursday. <laughs> she talking about she got her own life. I'm going to be like, let's go. Let's go. Quinson, um. As women, we are, and men too, but I'm speaking for women tonight. I'm speaking for Black women tonight on behalf of Black women, if I may be allowed. Um, We endure a lot. That we do. Um, But we also learn a lot. We grow a lot. We win a lot. But we don't get to share a lot. And these beautiful ladies on this panel and the other ladies who, some of who are in the chat tonight and also in the book, they are sharing. And one of the things that I truly believe in is the power of storytelling to heal and to help you find your identity. Mm-hmm. Today we live in an age of the meme that tells you what you should think, how you should feel, what you should do. 
there's so many messages about, you know, who we should be looking for, what we should be looking for, and what we should do to get it. What each of these ladies tells you is a, or shows you in the book that all of our life experiences are different and varied, but they're valuable. They're valuable. And you don't have to do anything to be loved because you are here. You deserve to be loved. And that's what I want people who read the book be able to tap into. Thank you, ladies. With that, thank you. Thank you, guys. It was great mm -hmm. talking to you guys. Thank you. Don't, don't run after the show. Don't run. Yeah, okay. I have a conversation with you guys. Um, like I said, everybody in the chat, thank you guys for joining us. I mean, I'm quite sure you guys are um, speakless as well as myself. Make sure you share the conversation that we had tonight um, because you never know. Perhaps the one who didn't hear it will benefit better than the person that heard it live. Right. So make sure you share it. Um, even critique it, you know, even add to the discussion. I'm, I'm an open book. My uh, email has been under there. You could share with Julia. Um, these these young ladies, as of today, are open book as well. And um, they'll be able to share their experiences with you. And we look definitely look forward to reading this book and going over the book as well. And um, everybody have a blessed and safe night. You as well. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please continue to join us here for conversations on hot topics, interviews with special guests, and our future programs such as the Poetry Corner, where you can hear dope poets from around the country creating that poet cafe vibe, and Crown Rules, our virtual book club on love, intimacy, and healthy relationships. Let's talk. We are everywhere you want to be. Follow us on YouTube at Let's